Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible. Welcome to the NFC Lease Show, the only show keeping the NFC East honest. Williams, I'm back on the East Coast. How you doing? It feels like we're much more powerful when we're within 100 miles of Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of energy right now. It feels really good. Um, <laughs> and what a week for me to make this homecoming. We got two divisional games this week, one of which has already been pushed under auspicious circumstances <laughs> to Tuesday night. Um, but I guess first, at first I want to, I just want to get the, the giants out of the way. This is going to be like a theme, I think for the next yeah. couple of weeks where I don't want to spend that much time talking about them. They play the Cowboys this week. That's fun. <laughs> the last week they played the chargers and they got their, they got walloped just like you said they would. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really don't have much to say. It's the same old story that it's always been. I think this is what happens when you play a good team that's competent and well prepared. This is what it looks like. You know, this isn't the Eagles. So, yeah. (laughs) I hate you so much. Um, (laughs) You can't play the Eagles every week, you know? It's astounding (laughs) that the Eagles couldn't beat this team. It really is like mind boggling. I, I have to agree with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one bright spot I guess maybe you can point to is Kitchens called a decent game for Mike Lennon, at least one that can produce the most amount of touchdown passes a Giants quarterback has thrown this year. So maybe that's an improvement. But I don't think you can look at the game and say, I'm really jazzed about where this team's going in general. No, no there's, <laughs> there's really no – I think the most depressing part about all this is like you look at the salary caps and the giants are like totally capped out. You know, it's not even like they're not even like a young promising team with like a lot of cap space. that's like supposed to be bad. Like this is them at their best. So when did uh, you Google that this week? What the cap thing? Yeah. Or is this knowledge you carry? <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, I just knew that because we signed so many big free agents. I mean, Kenny Galladay and Adoree Jackson yeah. and all those guys, like that money is going to them. I'm just imagining, like, in my head, just, like, you trying to console yourself after a loss like that. And (laughs) being like, how are we looking next year? We got some cat space, maybe make some room. And then, like, Googling, like, the salary cap database. And then just being so disappointed by what he's seen. Unfortunately, this is stuff that I've I've carried with me all year. So, (laughs) Kenny Galladay, I don't know. I swear, there definitely is a thing where they're like, we need to get Kenny. We need to activate Kenny this week and get him involved. Eight targets, only two catches for fifteen yards. I mean, it's. I think it's safe to say at this point, it's it's a catastrophic free agent signing for the Giants. The amount of money they gave him and the role they needed him to play, whether it's his fault or just the offense at large, I don't think it super matters. It's just. It's not working out. So another shining example of Gettleman's brilliance. It's amazing how many Giants fans were defending Gettleman this offseason. Really just continuously fooled uh, rubes. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> well, uh, luckily they have an easier matchup this week. They're playing the Cowboys. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> I I mean, I do want to say before we go on, I know we, we talk a lot about the NFCs, but Justin Herbert, really good. Like a really, really good quarterback. Like he yeah. like Yeah. It, it it's he he's really rounding out, I think, this year. I know they went through a little bit of like a rough patch, but like the um, the velocity he can get on his throws yeah. while still being accurate, I was I was in awe watching that on Sunday. I was really happy I got a chance to watch the Chargers for real. Because, uh, you know, I don't watch anything besides NFC East games, which is uh, warps and distorts my view of football to the point where my fantasy team goes 3-10 and 10 this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know that's that's really sticking with you. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, Herbert's really good in the context of the Giants. It's he stayed another year at Oregon when like every Giants fan thought we would get him in the Daniel Jones draft. Yeah. Herbert just decided no. I'm wow. not. Probably rightly he looked around and he was like, What teams need a quarterback? Oh, the Washington, the Giants, like the, the Cardinals, I guess. Like, mm, I'm gonna stay put. Um, yeah, and it's it's paid off for him. another, you know, the years go by, but things remain the same. The Chargers stealing a superior quarterback from <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible that that it's wild that you look at this competent Chargers team with a really good quarterback and don't just think, wow, maybe Philip Rivers was completely average. And this is actually a decent organization. Because that's what I see. Meanwhile, the Giants, without Eli Manning, are a, are a dumpster fire. Can't get their act together at all. Every quarterback we put back there looks like, uh, I don't know, Geno Smith. It's, it's, it's a mess. Every, I mean, you did literally put Geno Smith back there at one and point. And he did look like himself. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Uh, I knew. Yeah, I Giants are terrible. I knew that this was going to ladder into the Rivers. <laughs> Giants are terrible. Really, really. I mean, this show started as like let's let's uh let's keep the owners accountable here. We don't need to get into like a Mara bit. I just want to remind Giants fans that a lot of it is the Maras. You know, yeah, like. <laughs> They didn't know that too. I don't know when we want to talk about the medium soda thing. Uh, I oh, that's what I, <laughs> I I want to get into that when we preview this game. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's talk about Cowboys Washington first, and we'll we'll loop back to previewing Cowboys Giants up at the Meadowlands this weekend. Um, so Cowboys play Washington. Really, I mean, the Cowboys get the win, twenty-seven to twenty. We'll take the L in that pick, but I yeah. do think that we were. Uh, I do think watching the game, we were pretty justified to maybe be more bullish on Washington because Dallas's offense still continues to look pretty bad, yeah. and a lot of that game, I would say at least fourteen, if not twenty, of the Cowboys' points came directly on the back of Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons causing absolute havoc and not really anything to do with the Cowboys offense being methodical direction, like direction oriented. Like there, it's really is. Okay, great. You got like the Cowboys are getting their divisional wins, you know, like take care of business. I do think 
with the talent the Cowboys have, they should be better than Washington. But I think Washington yeah. showed up and played a dutiful Washington football team game. And the Cowboys were fortunate to leave with a win on the back of their very, very strong talent on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to see Dallas, their defense, hold up this year. Um, but it's so I've, weird. Like, it's, it's like, I mean, this isn't even to take – I don't want to, this will sound like I'm taking credit away from them. Um, but it's, it's not like I watch the Dallas defense and I'm like really scared that they're going to like stiffen up and like yeah. stonewall teams. Right. They're it's really like more plays. that like they have like three to four guys that are just so dominant yeah. as individual contributors that there are just some games where they take over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the total, <laughs> Their whole thing is like, are we on paper like a great defense that's just going to lock you up all game? Like, not really, but we're going to shift the field a couple of times, force turnovers, just generally, to your point, depend on our talent creating havoc. And it's it's clearly not like a fluke at this point. I still think it's it's dicey in like a in like a, a one game elimination situation because it that's is possible that's really why that I, I keep coming up. back to it right I think it yeah. is legit I think Micah Parsons is incredible I think Randy Gregory is one of the best ends in the league I think Diggs is one of the best ball hawking corners in the game right but it's like every game you're going into it rolling yeah. the dice seeing which one of those three or four things right. you know manages to do their thing you know. Because otherwise, if they're pedestrian or if they play an offense that manages to scheme them out, it's still kind of a Swiss cheese spine um, in the interior and the the back half of the secondary for them. Yeah, I agree. Um, and to, to loop back to the offense for a minute, I do think they were missing our guy, Tony Pollard. They had yeah. – Corey Clement, who is quickly approaching uh, Alfred Morris status as just like the <laughs> NFC East guy. Um, <laughs> he only has one more. I know. I know. He's like right there. He might. We might have to change it to the Corey Clement award or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's also running. I, I mean, I get why it's running backs, but. Uh, it well, it, it would be something that Alfred Morris size. couldn't do. Morris never played for the Eagles. He never got over that That's right. hump. That's right. Um, Clement has a chance. And I think Washington is just desperate enough to give him that chance. They really should. I mean, they should just for like, just to do it. I mean, why not? He's from, he's from the, the Northeast area. It's yep. an easy train ride. He knows literally all the playbooks of every other team, <laughs> at least in theory. You know, yeah. it's like, do you think that's why there's so much coaching turnover in the Northeast? It's not because they're just afraid that Corey Clement stay, knows too much. We should actually break down um, like before and after Corey Clement, like his time on a team because the Eagles want to ring with Clement. Yeah. And they don't look very and good. And then he knew him. too much. So they had to yeah. fire Doug Peterson. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> In two years, when Mike McCarthy's gone for some flimsy reason, we'll know why. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know if the Giants need to fire Joe Judge because it's, uh, you know, it's not like any team can get more than they already see every every week. I don't yeah. even know if the Clement intelligence helps. Yeah, in the Giants. Situation. The Giants just 
they they can just open source their playbook at this point. <laughs> Doesn't matter what they plan on doing; they don't have the players to do it anyway. So. Um, oh, it's it's just sad. <laughs> you were laughing for two seconds, and the yeah, sadness like, oh, hit you like a wave. I have to watch because you realize how true it was. Oh no. Um, okay, back to Dallas. Back to Dallas. Uh, yeah, Dak still does not look like himself. I mean, they just don't. The offense is uh, really – it's getting worse, it feels like, week over week. Yeah. Um, granted, Washington defense is legit, so I get that. They're not going to make things easy for you. But given how many opportunities Dallas had, felt like they could have – they Dallas could have turned this into just a total beatdown. Yeah. And they never flipped that corner because – their offense isn't electric enough right now to make it happen. Yep. I so. completely agree. Like it, it felt like a blowout the whole game just yeah. in terms of vibe because of how much Washington was struggling to get things going on their side of the ball and the lead that the turnovers, et cetera, created, but then get to the fourth quarter and Washington's within striking distance of winning the game on the back of their own couple turnovers. Yeah. And you realize, wow, like this Cowboys team had a chance to really put their foot on the throats. If their offense could just string together one to two long scoring drives, yeah, you know, right. at any point to like just pile on, on top of the lead, their defense already started to build for them and they never could do it. Yeah. They could. You know, and, uh, what what could have been just like a garbage time interception, you know, that meant yeah. nothing became like, oh, opening the door into Washington potentially tying and stealing one, you know? Um, and yeah. I don't know, just like this is Washington we're talking about. Like as much as we like them in the NFC East context, they're not a great team in the broader NFL context. So my concerns about the Cowboys as a playoff team still – remain and i think it's very likely too that if this is how they played against washington upset alert against washington again the giants and the eagles have to be on for the rest of the year for them you know i I don't know they're not going to cakewalk and sweep their divisional games i don't think yeah yeah i agree i i I haven't seen enough promise i mean i still think the cowboys we should consider them the best team in the division they're pretty 100 but uh, they're not without their faults, and they they have some paper tiger tendencies that haven't been eradicated. That like like our concerns are not lessened there because it remains the issues remain the same every week. Offense looks anemic. Dak doesn't look okay. Zeke looks just kind of average. So a lot of a lot of reasons for concern. They're still a member of the NFC least at the end of the day. They have not earned a promotion. Out yeah. of this malaise, yeah. <laughs> it might be impossible. That's kind, of, kind of like a um, like a full circle, what a tautological thinking. Like because you are a member of the NFC least, like you cannot escape. It's a self fulfilling prophecy, right? Exactly. It's yeah. you have to be here. Um, yeah, the, those are my big Dallas thoughts. I think the only other thing is, man, Micah Parsons has flipped the switch, dude. Yeah, dude. He has nine and a half sacks over the last six games. It's, yeah. He's putting up monster numbers. Yeah, I, and as much as we criticize the Cowboys, and it can sound like I'm diminishing how good they are by saying, oh, they're just a few blue-chip players on defense, 
Yeah. Those blue chip players are like legitimately some of the best in the league right now. It is incredible to watch Parsons do his thing. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing with the Cowboys, I mean, one of the things, this was a rumor. I never really knew what it was referring to, but like ahead of the draft, you saw a lot of stuff about Parsons having like character concerns. Mm-hmm. Never really knew what those actually like translated to. Um, but Dallas is one of those teams that <laughs> doesn't care about character <laughs> concerns. They just don't. It's like philosophically where they are. I mean, hell, look, Andy Reid is like that too. Like it's not just Dallas. Uh, and every once in a while, it really pays off for you. Yeah. Uh, Randy Gregory is another guy. I mean, he, the dude couldn't stop smoking weed. I'm pretty sure it was like his issue the first like couple of years in the league. He couldn't get on the field because he kept getting uh, drug suspensions. Um, and I actually do think they were weed related, at least at first. Uh, and then look at him now. You know, he's just, he's just a huge contributor for them. So, Every once in a while, it does allow you to pick talent at a discount, and it's just a matter yeah. of spinning the roulette wheel and being like, "Are you going to cause the mess?" Yeah. You know. PR what's funny to think about? Or, I think you're so right. And what's funny to think about in terms of the Cowboys and their approach to, uh, you know, taking a chance on some, you know, highly talented but like potentially, you know, culture concern type guys, right? Yeah. You get like. You get like the Patriots who think, oh, we're just going to like, you know, conscript them into like Belichickian things, right? But it's like the Cowboys don't have that culture. What I feel like it is is just like it's Jerry Jones saying some weird Southernism and like having some like Christian <laughs> grace about it that just he's like he's cool with it. It's like, right. you know, Randy Gregory like walk in, say he's like, you know, he has nine pounds of weed in his car and like Jerry Jones would say something like, Hell, who hasn't skinned a badger and drank <laughs> drank right. strawberry jam on an right. eighty degree day? <laughs> something weird like that. Um, <laughs> While offering him like fifty million dollars. <laughs> that that is kind of the Cowboys have the most boys will be boys like yeah. mentality. <laughs> Which does ladder up into this kind of we we dem boys mentality. <laughs> boys will be dem boys. <laughs> that's got to be on a shirt. I mean, what are we doing? Boys will be dem boys. <laughs> I think that's our first shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we have on it? Do we have like? I feel like it's got to be Tony Pollard. You just, yeah. just, just for the Pollard war. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, and it does ladder into like this kind of Trumpian evangelical, like, it's like, will, like, when I commit a sin, it's because, like, you know, oh, we all sin. Like, don't yep. throw stones at glass houses, you know? But when other people exactly. do something wrong, you're like, you are going straight to hell. And that's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just sums up the whole Cowboys ethos. And, you yeah. know, it does every once in a while pay off for him. Boys will be dead boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They get, we got a, we got our first divisional game yeah, to talk yeah. about. We got giants, Cowboys, as much as I've said, the Cowboys, uh, um, have vulnerabilities, with all the question marks surrounding the Giants and what is, I mean, you'll probably know better than me. Jones is probably going to be out for a few more weeks, right? At this point, the whole, it keeps going back and forth on the next stuff. Nobody knows what's going on. It's very ominous. 
So, but recording on Saturday, and I think it's yeah. very likely Glennon is going to be starting again tomorrow, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. <laughs> so was, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to say it'll probably look a lot like a a lot like the Washington game, where the Giants defense will probably make the Cowboys offense look pedestrian, but the Giants offense won't be able to do anything no. <laughs> to capitalize on it. Yeah. I you mean, know, it's, it'll it's look easy. like a very like ugly 27 to like 13 game or something. Cowboys. It's very, it's very easy to visualize this being like a Micah Parsons, like two and a half sacks, one yeah. forced fumble type situation. Same with Trayvon Diggs. If Diggs, Diggs has got to be looking at this and just dreaming about how he can add to his interception totals. Like it's right there for him. Yeah. Uh, and I think my kind of my, Final thought. I feel like the Cowboys kept getting spoon fed get right games and yeah. not getting right. But this yeah. is like this is a get right game. Like you gotta yeah. come out and just blow the doors off the Giants. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> just take care of business. Uh and then chill out for the holidays. Like this is right there for you to take. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Cowboys uh twenty six to fourteen. Yeah. I said twenty-seven to thirteen, so one point, <laughs> one point, not a direction. Yeah. I'm for yeah. one. I'm more optimistic on the Giants than you are. It's crazy. <laughs> one point more optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I. There's no way. There's no way the Giants win. <laughs> now, I well, say, now that you said that, they are going to win. Yes. <laughs> you just changed. You just changed everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, Let's get into Washington-Philadelphia, our second divisional game of the, the week. We already talked about Washington playing the Cowboys last week. We already got – the Eagles are on a bye. There's nothing more to review about where they've been for the past couple weeks. All we got to do is talk about what, where these teams are at and what we think is going to happen. And let me tell you, it's been bananas for the past week. Yeah. Washington was a 26 players – on the COVID reserve list, the NFL goes against their own policy and postpones and moves the game. The first one to do it this week of a couple, I believe that already been, has been postponed to Monday or Tuesday of this week because of COVID concerns. Um, Leave it to Washington to be in this situation. First of all, like there's no more, (laughs) (laughs) there's no more Dan Snyder football team thing than being, the locus of COVID attention right, right. now. <laughs> really, really the poster boy of screwing up horrifically and not getting penalized for it in any yeah. fashion. <laughs> if anything, benefiting from it. He had yeah, right. two more days of <laughs> two more days uh, of rest for God. his players. Man, yeah. like I man, like I'm, I get I'm, it. Yeah. I, well I'll take a stand right now. I'm with I'm with Philly on this one. I think you have to be. Yeah. You just have to be. I mean, what are yeah. we it it it's, but I will say I think it I think it says more about the NFL than it does about Washington. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not. A I, yeah, it's like whatever. Like we can sit here and like giggle about you know Dan Snyder being terrible, and that's the reason why COVID broke out and all that kind of stuff, right? But it's like at the end of the day, like any team in Washington's position would put in the petition to have yeah. it postponed. Like you, that's part of the process here. Like you try to get an exception, right? It's on the league to say. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we said in the summer, we want everyone vaccinated to avoid the situation. We're not going to cancel or postpone games. You will have to forfeit if you can't feel the team, you know? And then yeah. 
when their backs were against the wall and the NFL was staring down lost revenue yeah, from a Sunday really, divisional really rivalry game, they decided to bend and push it and it sucks, you know? Like at the end of the day, like, do I think it's do I think it's like that big of a deal? I mean, maybe I'm not a football player. I don't know how much. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good, that's such a good framing. Just be like, you know, ultimately, what does this mean? It's impossible to know. (laughs) I, I personally don't think it matters all that much, but Hey, like, you know, football players get warmed up, they get training and then two days they may screw it up. I think losing, two days on the back end that's, and having to go that's really what hurts for is, sure. is, is going to suck. You know, it reminds me of, uh, the, t- the random Tuesday night game we played against Joe Webb's Vikings, like Man, <laughs> in the Andy Reid era because of yeah. snow that screwed up both the, uh, the vibes going into the game and also our ability to turn it back around the next week. So I get it. And it also sucks that like the NFL set a precedent to prevent this exact situation and they back down, you know? Yeah. Um, it's also just, I mean, for the Eagles, what especially I think probably is a, is a twist of the knife is that they're coming off a bye right now. Like, yeah. they don't need two more days of rest, and now they're going to have to deal with a compressed schedule to remedy another team's, you know, I don't want to say mistake because COVID is just one of those, you know, I don't know if Washington's policies were bad, and that's what led yeah. to Like, well, we don't know. There's um, a you. COVID is one of those things where you can yeah. be well within the acceptable vaccination rate and, yeah. you know, yeah, everything like that. Up. And it's still, there's a breakthrough case or something happens, especially now with like the Omicron variant being yeah. more transmissible, but less deadly. It's changed. It changes every day. It changes every week. I like, just cause I think Washington is a, is a circus franchise that <laughs> would, <laughs> that this would happen to. Yeah. doesn't mean that I think that like it's their fault that it's happening right now, right. you know, immediately. You know? I think with that said, it did happen to them and forfeiting the game makes sense. I think especially yes. because there's a, to me, there's a really good chance that the Eagles will be the next team to come down with a million yep. COVID cases because they played this game. You don't just forfeit yep. the game because teams can't field enough players. You forfeit the game because one team is clearly a hotbed of disease, and you don't and want them to spread. Them, them tackle right. each other for three hours right. straight. That's that's why you forfeit. That's why you have to not let the game happen. Is because yeah, it's an, it, an incredibly infectious virus that's not going to stop just because like you let guys sit around for literally yeah. another forty eight hours. Yeah. What was crazy, I realized last night is like, I mean, let's talk a little bit about just like previewing this game, assuming it now does happen on Tuesday, right? Your point about rest. Um, the Eagles with a weird late bye week to begin with, like it's already like the, the this is the run to the playoffs right now. And they had a bye week right in the smack dab middle of it, right? And a very weird situation now where Jalen Hurts, bad game against the Giants, Injured against the Jets by week last week and now has an extra two days of rest. It'll be close to 31 days right. since he's pl- snapped a football in a regular season game for the Eagles in like 
the last four and going into the last four or five games of the year. That's insane to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it's not because like he's been injured and the team's been playing like the entire team basically hasn't had reps, you know, with him in 23 days or so, you know, in yeah. a game, which is like, I, I don't know. Like that just feels like that's, a, that's really cold. <laughs> that's like, like this, this is potentially a really cold team coming in, playing yeah. a really random Tuesday night game. Right. And it's like, w- whether it's Hertz or, I mean, I know that Hertz's list is questionable. It's like, Hey, Minshew might play again. Right. Even that's like, they're coming off a bye week and Minshew played one game for them and hasn't snapped the ball in over two weeks with the first team offense in a game, you know, like, I don't like the rhythm and the vibes you'd expect to have on like a good team right now between like starters. Right. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. it's kind of in jeopardy with this Eagles team right now. And I don't know how that will manifest. It will, it's a, I hope they're being well coached, but I mean, who knows? There could be some weird, like Nate Herbig, we know can't snap when Jason Kelsey gets hurt. Like there, there could be balls flying over quarterbacks heads. There could be yeah. missed blocking assignments, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and that all that, that kind of worried about going into this game, you know? That, yeah. And all that's just accentuated by the fact that this is an NFC East divisional game. Like these are yep. always crazy and especially prone to freak things happening. Uh, so I think the concern is well warranted. I think that Washington is going to win just because of the weird Goodell's blessing vibes. Yeah. So I'm going to say Washington. I, I couldn't tell you a score. It could be anything, but I'm going to say Washington um, 24, Philly 21. Game-winning field goal to walk it off. I can't imagine an NFC East game actually being that dramatic. Typically, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's dramatic in like an ugly way. It's like it would have been like... It sounds, that sounds like too good of a game, to be honest. <laughs> It will look much uglier than what I'm indicating, but the only reason it's a game-winning field goal is because, like, the Eagles were about to start a game-winning drive but fumbled, and then Washington just, like, picked it up and, like, need a couple times, and yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think you're right. It pains me to say, but I think – I mean, I I don't know, actually. Like, uh, Washington has some weird quarterback stuff going on right now. God, this is such a tough game to think about. Yeah. Um, there's so many weird vibes in both directions. I like your Goodell's blessing vibe. I, I think that's very strong and typically beats out. It's the Trump card vibe in most situations, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll say Washington like 24. No. Well, here's the other thing. Even the Eagles, like the Eagles actually have a decent scoring offense, even though they don't look good. Mm-hmm. Will Washington's defense actually give them trouble? I don't know. I'll stick with it. 24-17. Okay. 24-17 Washington. This is this is Man, I can't believe I'm watching football on a Tuesday night. This is gonna be terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm uh I we'll see. I don't that's not gonna I want to talk about before we get into take around the league, mm-hmm. let's just linger on Washington for a minute. This has been one thing that we've been kind of talking about in the background, but just like I want to make more explicit given our taking the ownership of these teams to task, but kind of, kind of through line on this, on our dialogue, but Dan Snyder, let's talk about him for two seconds. <laughs> you, you kind of said it earlier, like the poster child for <laughs> doing horrible things 
and getting away with it. And in fact, in some ways actually benefiting from it, <laughs> just as this whole vibe, there was a whole thing. I mean, we talked about the cheerleader stuff. We talked about the Gruden emails. Um, he's back in the news this week and it is one of the most, it is one of the most incredible stories I've heard in NFL, like backroom circles in my life. I'm just going to read this, this bit from a, from an article. I believe it was in the Washington post. Um, citing an interaction that Snyder had with former GM Bruce Allen. In January 2020, after a news conference announcing Rivera's hire, Ron Rivera, according to these people, Snyder learned that Allen had sent a congratulatory text to Rivera. So Bruce Allen sent a, a, a text congratulating Rivera on the hire. Snyder was insulted, these people said, that he didn't receive a similar text from Allen <laughs> Whom Snyder had fired a few weeks before. <laughs> That's so just starting great. right there is already great. Like who? <laughs> what, like, we can stop there, where it's like the dude fires his longtime like business partner and GM three weeks right. before, and then for some reason is incensed that he expects a congratulations hire, not or congratulations text, not because like he has accomplished anything. The only thing he's accomplished is paying Ron Rivera money. To coach his team. The the sense of entitlement here is just (laughs) indescribable. It's like, oh, I ran over your child, and so you don't get me a Christmas present? Like, uh, (laughs) rude. Like, why why would you expect anything? (laughs) The relationship is over. You severed it. It's done. But the rabbit hole goes deeper. Later that year, the team, citing the pandemic, attempted to get out of paying Allen all the money he was owed under his contract. (laughs) So he fired, and then because of reduced revenue – Snyder then tries to get out of Allen paying everything he's owed in severance. Of course. Snyder, one of, Allen, the, one of the league's all-time cheapskates, I think is well known. <laughs> Allen fought back, and Snyder agreed to pay his full salary. But in a message sent to Allen's lawyers over settlement terms, one of Snyder's lawyers included a condition that Allen wouldn't agree to meet, according to text messages reviewed by The Post. In addition, quote, I understand that Mr. Allen has agreed to send a text message to Mr. Snyder (laughs) stating, congrats on the hire. (laughs) Snyder's attorney wrote in July 2020, seven months after Snyder Snyder hired Rivera. Allen's lawyers resolved the pay dispute but never sent this text (laughs) according to a person with knowledge of the case. It's literally – it's like we are holding your money in escrow until you send me a, a congratulations, congratulations on hiring text. Ron Rivera text. <laughs> Absolutely. This is the kind of stuff that like if you were a middle-aged king, got you the label like Alfred the Insane for like the rest of history. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> completely demented – self-absorbed behavior where like you truly believe you are the center of the universe and everything against you is a personal slight, but you can do whatever you want to anybody else and suffer no consequence. Really, really also the locker room nickname of Alfred Morris. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, Alfred was insane this week. (laughs) Two yards per carry was insane. (laughs) Oh man. Um, yeah, that's just like I, I think it really summarizes. It, it's 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 weird in some ways to talk about these people that we've never met 
like to such extent and feel like we have such a good grasp on their personality, like Jerry Jones and uh, Dan. Yeah, Snyder I mean it's it's a but, parasocial relationship. We it's right. one way, but they are their authentic selves right. but, within yeah, these roles. I feel like them. we all know who Dan <laughs> yeah. Snyder is. We yeah, we have like yeah. twenty five years of evidence that like this is exactly the kind of guy that Dan Snyder is. Like just, <laughs> it's inc- it's mind blowingly childish every time you come across. It. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! I just I'm so sorry, Washington. Just imagine how good your team may be if this guy is not at the top pulling the strings. Right. Like I know it sounds ridiculous to say, like to some people, let's say that like a story like this directly correlates to like play on the field, but it does. It does. Like it absolutely does. It's, it's the know? exact same reason why Kings with names like Alfred the Insane like didn't like unify, you know, all their counties or something. Like they're known for like being just crazy and that <laughs> dripping down into policy because that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, I know. It really It's unhinged. I just I couldn't not read that entire story. It's like you can't get a more pure distillation of Dan Snyder than exactly. especially with Bruce Allen, his like his guy for yeah. the past like fifteen years. And Bruce not you know? Bruce Allen, not exactly like as far as all reports say, like a super uh lovable and <laughs> Yeah, I can't imagine I'm like guy. reading this feeling like Bruce Allen is in the right and is like making the right moves in the situation, but he totally was <laughs> yeah. and did, you know? Yeah. Man, that's it's crazy. It really is. All right. Well, we got these two divisional games. I'm looking forward to watching them across a three day stretch this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get into takes around the league. Do you got anything? Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna. This isn't around the league. This is NFC East. But we've we didn't All mention right. it before. I'm gonna use this as my soapbox. The medium soda thing for the Giants. For those who don't know. Uh, oh, crap. We completely forgot to talk about this. Let's okay. just talk about this now. Let's talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. this now. Yeah. Just form a instead take, of take around the league. Form a take about <laughs> it. Uh, I think it's cool to give out medium sodas for free and people shouldn't be mad. That's what I think. <laughs> um, but okay. The, the background story here is that uh, the Giants ownership decided like literally like yesterday, like very recently, as far as I'm aware, that Sunday's game is f- fan appreciation day. Uh, and that they're going to give free medium sodas to all the fans in the stadium. Um, it's basically their way of saying, like, I'm sorry that this team has been completely unwatchable trash for 10 years, and thank you for being uh, a pitiful, medium soda. <laughs> yeah, just a pitiful slob who can't stop spending money to attend these games, even though you know what's going to happen. Like, thank you for being the credulous rube audience that we need and thrive upon. Here is a, a pittance, a medium soda. For your just complete stupidity, uh, and I think I think it's an enormous flex by the Mara family because this can't be interpreted as anything other than an insult, and they'll still do it, and people will still show up. It's really yeah, just it's, like it's you more, will, you will drink your medium, take your slop, and don't complain, and you'll be. I'll see you next week, and that's all it is. So really powerful move by. Yeah, it's it's a real power. It's a real Alfred the Insane level power move. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dan Snyder would do this thing where he he would be like free medium soda, and then the next week would be like medium sodas are double, and you have to buy them. (laughs) 
And then no, he'd be he, no, Dan Satter would do this thing where he'd take the one fit player fans love from the early 2000s and make it a jersey retirement <laughs> memorial <laughs> service. <laughs> <laughs> Two days before the game. That's what he'll do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my only question for you as a Giants fan, like, is, is immediate, I understand the move, but is a medium soda enough? No, I there? Mean, it obviously, it's weird that it's immediate, like, at some point, yeah, not a large soda, it, or or even a small soda. Like, why the medium? That feels like it's weird too. Like, why did you land on this one and not like any other size? It just feels like somebody in a back room were like, "Okay, we can't afford to give up too much soda, but it has to look sincere." Ipso facto, medium soda time. I just don't like. It couldn't be any other food or beverage. I I just don't. I don't understand why they just can't make the large soda cups smaller for one game and still call it large. Cause that's, it that's a Dan better. Snyder move. That is, <laughs> that's a big time Dan Snyder. But yeah, I, it's, it's just one of those uh, incredible, like you just know because of how specific it is, like Mara himself like thought of it and he was just like, what medium sodas just make them free. Like that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Like, okay. I just think it's incredible that like, whether it's Mara or, anyone in ownership is like staring at the calendar. They've got the Cowboys coming to town. You're starting Mike Lennon. The team's on like a tailspin. No one's, no one's healthy. The team's not playing well. And everyone's like, how can we, how can we lure our devoted fans into this bear trap of watching a complete beat down? (laughs) 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 I know, I know one thing that will lure them in one medium soda. <laughs> it's like, I, dude, I literally am trying to read. Yeah, uh, it's it's like because you know I, when I when I want to go to a football game on a on a weekend, sometimes I'm like, you know, ticket prices are expensive. Getting up there is a hassle. Parking costs thirty dollars. Yeah, you know, is, this is North Jersey. I mean, it's it's you hell know, to get to you know, like it, it, maybe if they gave me a soda, I'd go. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? This, um, Here's the thing. It's like it's. I think it really is more the context with which it got announced and and how the season has gone that's causing this reaction than it is the token itself. Like if it was just like if it was like a you know like a you know, like the Yankees or something where it's like they do their promotional events every month or whatever. It's like, it just so happens that we're going to do like our yearly fan appreciation day on this thing. And like everyone gets a soda. It's like, great, fine. To your point earlier, it's cool that a team will give away free soda, you know? Yeah. But it's just very tone deaf framing and feels very much like it's their best stab at an act of contrition for how horrible <laughs> this season it's, has been. <laughs> it's just so insulting. I, I really find it. <laughs> it's truly insulting. An all time slap in the face. Uh, and I, I, again, I have to respect it. It's just such a, such a, such an insulting move that at some point you gotta be like, damn, all right, you guys are, you guys are going this far, and people. And you know what? People will still show up. Nothing will change. People will show up to Giants games for the rest of time. So, as will they show up to Washington football team games, Cowboys games, and yeah, Eagles games, it's, and it's, that's it's, why. It, that's really, why we do this. That's right. It really does breed a culture of complacency where it's like, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we're gonna get paid. What else are we gonna do on Sundays? Right. Yeah. Read. 
spend time with our kids. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right, man. Let's uh, let's wrap it there. I don't really okay. have a good enough take. Uh, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, Discord, Twitter, all that stuff. Hang out with us. It's going to be a fun divisional week. I'm looking forward to seeing how what this division throws at us this week. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> all right. Have a good one, man. I'll talk yeah, to you later. Bye.